Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mneebauer. That's logos.com slash mneebauer. Why do we mourn, and what do we mourn for? Is the comfort that Jesus promises to mourners a present comfort, or something that only comes in the future? Welcome to This We Believe, a podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. The Beatitudes continue with Jesus stating, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. To mourn is to express deep sorrow for the sin, death, and brokenness in the world. Mourners are those who cry and weep. Often, we cry when we experience deep regret or sorrow over things that we cannot control. When a loved one dies, when a relationship is impaired, or when a friend is in pain. In these moments, sorrow is often accompanied by an experience of helplessness, and we cry and weep because that is all we can do. By shedding tears, we confront the brokenness of the world and acknowledge that often, There is very little we can do to fix it. In so doing, we cry out to God and place our hope in him, trusting that Jesus will one day come to heal all of the brokenness in the world. Christians are invited to mourn over three areas of life. They are called to mourn for their own sin, for their lost friends, and for the world. First, Christians mourn their own sin. While they experience forgiveness of their sins and new life in the Holy Spirit, Christians are still works in progress. As St. Paul says, we are new creations in Christ. Our new selves are emerging while our old selves are fading away. And yet, that old sinful self is still present in our hearts. As we experience healing of sin in one area of life, it can often unearth deeper recesses of sin in our heart. In confronting these deeper areas of sin, we are invited to mourn, cry, and weep at our brokenness. We are called to cry whenever we confess blatant sins, and we are called to mourn in general over the reality that we do not fully love God and love others. In so doing, we acknowledge the seriousness of our sin and our continual need for God's mercy. The good news, however, is that those who mourn their sin will discover the comfort of the Holy Spirit and over time will experience greater healing of their sin. We can think of it this way. The more we express regret for our sin, the more we will desire to run away from it. The more we hate our sin, the more we will love God. And so, over time, we will discover that the tears we shed for our sin will turn into tears of joy as we discover new areas of healing. Second, Christians mourn for those who do not know Jesus. Jesus declares in this beatitude that those who mourn will be comforted. 
as he declares earlier in Matthew that he is the only one capable of bringing about true, lasting, and eternal comfort to those who weep. So it is through Jesus that we experience forgiveness of sins, and it is the Spirit of Christ that works in our hearts to comfort us and heal us of our sin. In turn, Christians should desire that their friends and loved ones experience this same healing by believing in Jesus as Lord and God. Christians should pray earnestly for those who do not know Jesus and weep for those who have rejected Jesus that they might turn and believe. Our hearts should break for those who do not know Jesus. Out of this broken heart should come mourning and weeping, and from those tears a sincere desire to convince our friends to repent and believe. This is the secret to proclaiming the gospel, what Christians call evangelism. Sometimes we can think of evangelism as some sort of complicated task that requires expertise in theology and apologetics. We can think of it as something that only a special group of professionals can do well. But at the heart of evangelism is something simple, praying and weeping for our friends. If we pray earnestly for our friends and cry and mourn over the fact that they do not know Jesus, God will prompt us to reach out to them in love and share with them the good news that Jesus has come to forgive our sins and bring us to everlasting life. As a pastor, I've spent hundreds of hours implementing various evangelism programs in my churches. As a scholar, I've spent hundreds of hours reading and writing on mission. However, at the end of the day, I've seen nothing more important or more effective than individuals lifting up their friends in prayer and mourning for them. When we weep for our friends and ask God for the words and wisdom to speak to them, God shows up in powerful ways. Finally, we mourn for the world. Christians are those that realize that the root of brokenness in the world is sin, and that until Jesus returns, sin is ever-present in the world, and with it evil and death. While human beings can and should work to make the world a better place, Christians are under no delusions that sin, evil, and injustice can ever be eradicated apart from Jesus. Until Jesus returns, Christians are thus invited to weep, cry, and mourn. In so doing, They acknowledge their inability to fix all of the world's problems and accept the promise that Jesus will one day return to set everything right. Jesus says that those who mourn will be comforted. This has a twofold meaning. On the one hand, Jesus comforts us when we mourn in the present. In a sense, he weeps alongside of us. This is often what we want the most in our times of grief. When we are filled with deep sorrow, we usually do not want someone to answer intellectual questions about the problem of evil or why bad things happen to good people. What we want most of all is a shoulder to cry on, someone who will share our burden and cry alongside of us. This is what Jesus provides for us when we cry. Jesus draws near to our hearts, sharing our tears and taking on himself our sorrowful burdens. On the other hand, Jesus comforts those who mourn by promising to resurrect them and bring them into eternal life on Mount Zion. On Mount Zion, there will be no more sin, 
no more death, and thus no need to cry tears of sorrow. In the book of Revelation, it states that our eternal home will have various trees whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. Just as healing balms are made out of leaves, these trees will provide a perfect and eternal healing from all spiritual sin, from all emotional heartbreak, and from all physical suffering. Jesus promises to provide this healing to all those who believe in him. In the Gospel of John, Jesus resurrects one of his best friends, Lazarus, from the dead. But before he does, he takes a moment to weep. Even though Jesus knows that he will resurrect Lazarus from the dead, he still mourns his death. He still weeps with those who witness Lazarus die. For all Christians, we have confidence that Jesus will resurrect us from the dead, that we will be brought into eternal life. However, this does not make us immune to our present grief. Jesus comforts us by weeping with us in the present, but he also promises to give to us eternal comfort by bringing us to our heavenly home and by wiping away all of our tears. The last two lines of Psalm 126 paint a vivid picture of the blessedness offered to those who mourn. It says, Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves. These lines stand as a promise to all those who mourn over sin, evil, and death. It promises not only an end to their tears, but a kind of transformation of their weeping into singing, of their wailing into shouts of joy. Our tears today are like water on a barren, sinful world. God promises that he will use these tears to bring forth beautiful and perfect life on Mount Zion. Through them, he will raise a crop of eternal praise and infinite singing. Even though we might not see the effects of our tears right now, we trust that this heavenly harvest awaits us. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us, and, and this will go a long way to helping us reach others. You can also connect with us further on our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod, and you can email any questions to thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless.